Welcome to the Trilogy Lacrosse Theater 2020, our YouTube channel where we discuss lacrosse highlights with the all-stars who created them. These are the audio files, and I'm your host, Mitch Belisle. All right, we are here with Bill McGlone, number 33 in your program, number one in your heart. Bill, how are we doing? Good, man. Good. Everything's uh, going well. Just just staying quarantined, trying to keep busy, um, you know, just doing everything possible. So how's everything going with you? It's good. It's good. We, we, you know, this is our second Zoom together of the day. We did a little, a little Tigers XXVI uh, training today, which the digital, I got to say the digital backyard clinics have been something that I really look forward to every week. And I've been very, very pleasantly surprised by the amount of improvement we've been seeing with the kids, which for me has been rewarding. And like I said, it's like something to strive for every week. And it's great to just connect with, you know, connect with 60 players today, which is pretty cool. Yeah, those kids are are pretty darn good too. So it's uh, it's fun to work with guys who want to get better and taking advantage of these times. You know, obviously quarantine's not something you, I, or any of us could have ever predicted. But there's when you know when there's great chaos, there's great opportunity. And um, not only is trilogy taking advantage of it and creating opportunity out of it, but um, you know a lot of these Tigers players are doing the same. So um, it's always great to kind of get out there, work with these guys, and you know provide some. Um, some instruction and give them that that same opportunity. Yeah, and you've got a big change in your location of where you're broadcasting from. You got this. This is from your own personally owned home now, right? Yeah, yeah. Bought my own house uh, down right outside of the Philadelphia area. Um, made that move uh, not too long ago, and um, it's been nice still putting some things together. As you can see by the bare walls behind me, there's a lot still to be uh, to be uh, added to. Um, to the walls, but um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a really nice move. Where are, where are we right now? Is this is this the basement? Is this the, the basement? So one of the main purchases and main reasons we got this house is because of this basement. It's really it's really big. It's you know my man cave. Um, so we got really nice couches and uh, just need to get some updated carpet, and then I'll start putting some things on the wall and make it personalized man cave. I was just said, we're going to have some 33 jerseys hanging up behind you soon, right? Yeah, yeah. We just, re- we just redid our office slash guest room, and I was pretty excited to have that as my new backdrop for for the Children Across Theater. But, of course, my three-year-old is screaming in the background. So I'm yeah, I was going to say, where down, is it? Downstairs in the living room right now. <laughs> just seeing all those nice family pictures. Exactly. You get the whole Belial, Belial Applebaum family experience behind me. Um, <laughs> Nice. Well, let's 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 dive right in here. We got some video from 2005 to, to work through, but I guess before we dive in, or actually, we'll, we'll start the video. Um, h- how did you end up at How did you end up at Maryland? Obviously, you went to Ridley, and for big, you know, for, for I think most people know you're a very talented basketball player. Uh, did you have dreams of going to play college basketball, or how, how did that end up? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. And, and to be honest, yeah, I was more. Uh, wouldn't say more interested but I was equally as interested in playing hoops in college and uh, I did get some looks there and um, you know it's funny when I tell people the stories nowadays compared to what you know or to people nowadays because what I went through is so different than what a lot of people are going through Um, you know especially a few years ago I didn't commit to Maryland till January of my senior year um, which is pretty late uh, even in those ties but um, you know, Maryland just really spoke to me that, you know, I, one, it was, it came down between Maryland and Penn State, and Penn State was kind of like the homer place to go to, you know, a lot of buddies and knew a lot of people in the area, um, and, uh, you know, what it essentially was the deciding factor was Maryland was, you know, as you can see in this video, they're playing that Final Fours, they were playing for national championships, and that's was, uh, you know, that's primarily what I wanted to go to college for besides obviously academics, but athletically I wanted to compete at the highest level and compete for national championships. And, you know, I felt I had the best opportunity to do that at Maryland. And, and so when you were looking at basketball schools, what kind of like, what level, what tier basketball? D three, there was a few D one schools in there and most notably probably Temple. Um, Temple was one that, you know, I, I really wanted to explore or I did explore, um, but it, it really, it was it was kind of like, hey, go be, you know, ride the bench playing hoops or 
go be, you know, starting, you know, have much more uh, probability of being successful in lacrosse. So I knew I'd have more opportunity in lacrosse. So it wasn't a hard decision, um, but it was something that uh, I thought about. This game right here, so th so so this is 2005. So they, they showed a graphic of Aaron Denton, which is – it's clearly Aaron Fenton is a goalie. Yeah. Aaron Denton. It was Aaron Fenton. I remember this because this was 2005. So they had just beat us in the quarterfinals at Princeton Stadium, and then they played you guys. This is the semifinal and Final Four, right? And this is in Baltimore or is this in Philly? This is in Philly. Awesome. So this must have been cool for you. Was this – had you so what 2005 was your junior year? Junior. That was my junior year. And had you already been to the final four? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I was at the final four three out of the four years I played at Maryland. We went to the final four my freshman year. Um, we played Virginia, got beat pretty handedly uh, against Virginia that year. Um, went this year, and then my senior year, we played against UMass. And ironically, our best team was probably my sophomore year. And um, and you guys had your first ever TLT trilogy lacrosse theater with RB, where you showcased that game where he single handedly, you know, beat us. <laughs> Basically, scored the last two goals and then assisted the goal in the overtime, which uh, you know was the first time of actually me watching that game since playing in it and being in it. Um, so that was uh, that wasn't fun to watch, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was probably our best team uh, my sophomore year, and that's the one year we didn't make it to the final four. So this is your junior year. So sophomore year, you guys had that down year, hadn't really experienced it. Who's 24, by the way? Who's it's it? Uh, that's Steve Wittenberg. Wittenberg, that's right. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that name. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, Maryland always known for the defense. We had another Terp on, Brian Farrell. Um, so who were some of the studs on, on this team, this junior year team? Uh, defensively, we had a young defense this year. Um, you know, we had Harry Alford in the cage, uh, who was a – sophomore at the time you had Joe Sanowski um Steve Wittenberg um who else was back there uh Charlie Wiggins was a I think he was a sophomore at the time is this Xander Ritz with the ball right now yeah this is a wow and Max and Max got burned um Max was probably yeah he must have been a freshman there's 33 here getting the ball yeah here he is right uh, hand what are you doing yeah. with it over there? I, I had a better right than left. Ooh, that's a nice little rollback. Yeah, I try to teach kids that all the time. That was one of my f favorites, just a, a quick little rollback to a quick shot low, you know, worm burner. Pretty much if you don't hit hit the goalie and you get it on cage, it's most likely a goal. Um, I, I, I've always found that to be a very good move or a good way to get a shot off. Nice slide there. I think you were you smoked that first. <laughs> first yeah. Time. Fenton was on fire this playoffs. He killed us in the quarterfinals. And then he had a bunch of saves in this game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can see by the scoreboard there, we, they had a, a pretty good uh, lead on us here. But, but we had some good shots. Um, you know, we were, we were getting shots off. I don't think we were getting a lot of them on cage. Uh, but, you know, he, he also played lights out. Same, we ran into the same thing my freshman year against Tillman Johnson, who – I think I was talking to you about it last night. I mean, he, he played one of the best games I've ever seen ever in a lacrosse game. Uh, I think he had like 18 saves, 17, 18 saves in a, in a field lacrosse game, which is absolutely ridiculous. And if you saw some of his saves were like on the doorstep, Brian Hunt, like three fakes, you know, up, you know, down low, up low. And then, and he still comes out with a save. It was pretty, pretty crazy. That's Joe Walters right there, right there, number one. Yeah, that's Jay Dubs. So it looked like Duke was in a zone. Were they zone all game, or did they just drop into this? They dropped into that. Um, they, they started off in man, and they stayed in man for the most part, but then they switched um, to zone. Um, they, they were in and out of zone um, throughout the game. So, you know, you know, Pressler and, you know, the Duke defensive coach, they did a good job of game planning. And 77, that was, 77 was Nick O'Hare right there, Paul. Yep. He was, he was really good. Yeah, he, yeah, they had a they had a good defense, and obviously they had a great offense with Greer and and Donalski and Zash. Um, you know, Kyle Dar Dowd, I think, is the one who just threw the ball. He was he had a great rocket shot, so they had a lot of great players. And um, 
this is by far 2005 this is by far the battle for two of the ugliest helmets in oh my NCAA god history between between the gate hockey helmet and the brine triumph this is, or, or was it triad it yeah, was, i don't uh, I don't know. It was a Brian. Was it Riddell? Riddell? Or was, it was a Brian helmet. It was Brian, yeah. Cause, yeah. Uh, but. yeah. Mar- Maryland had the gate helmet for four years. And uh, I was lucky enough to be there for those four years. <laughs> um, Were they comfortable at least? No, not really. I mean, not. <laughs> I, I, can't, I mean, obviously, Cascade, you, you just. Cascade is the helmet. That's Charlie Wiggins there. Um, but yeah, Cascade is, is like the only helmet you can wear in lacrosse, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Cottle had something going on with the Gates, and, and so, they so, signed a contract. So who's this attack? It's Joe Walters. It's Sander Ritz, and who's the third? The third uh, brother, Max. Max Ritz. Okay, is well. Max Ritz? Yeah. And then, and then the midfield, first midfield is you. Who's 34? Was 34 midi? I don't 34 know. was Brendan Healy. So Brendan had like one of the most pure overhand shots that um, you'll ever see. I mean, it was, you know, carbon copy every time directly overhand. I mean, it was, it was a beauty. Um, and um, to be honest with you, the, the third on the line kind of fluctuated. I know uh, Schwartzman um, played – uh, a lot on our third line. He was actually the one. I know they talk about it uh, throughout this game. The game before this is the infamous uh, stick gate, as they called it, where I scored a goal and they uh, they did a stick check on me, and uh, they they found out it was illegal by turning it upside down, and uh, we got the goal the goal uh, taken off the board, and they end up scoring and tying it, and then. Um, Schwarty bailed us out and scored in overtime to take us to this game. How relieved were you to? Uh, <laughs> I think they. T- I think you know. I'm going to turn the volume up because I think they talk about it at, during this goal. They talk about how you were praying for praying for someone to score after that. Yeah. Old from the Philly area. Benton's got 12 saves. Quint gets there over the first two rounds each. Malone. Finally beats Aaron Fenton's second goal of the day. I think they talk about it. Involved in stick gate last week with the emotion, the pressure of hoping his teammate Andrew Schwartzman would keep the Turf season alive. Well, that happened. And now he's got two today. McGlone got off to a great start the first three or four games this year. Had a little shoulder injury. But he was just an amazing high school basketball player at Ridley. And here you see the inside roll done so well. Comes up. Does a 360, a couple stick fakes, falls in the back of the net. His talent is endless. Uh, really bright future in the sport of lacrosse, his freelance ability. And uh, that funny bright future in the sport of lacrosse, he knew. He was he, <laughs> he, here. He saw into the future. Funny story about the stick gate, the, the illegal stick. Um, and I know I told this to Inside Lacrosse. I, like, wrote, like, uh, Weapons Choice. There was an article about Weapons Choice, like, what you and then something that – you wanted to tell people that they didn't know. And um, the thing about the stick gate, when my stick was illegal, that was actually Walter's stick. My stick broke that week of the final, of the quarterfinals. And, um, and I, tried, I was trying to play with it, but the plastic broke. It wasn't like a string issue. And when the pl- plastic breaks, you know, like catching the ball is much more difficult. And uh, I got to the point, I was like, I can't play with this. And I asked Joe, cause Joe was really good with sticks. And I was like, yeah, can you, you know, can you get, you know, hook me up with a stick? And he's like, here, you can use this stick. And he's like, just be careful. If you get it checked, you might have to punch the sides out a little bit. So I took it and I used it. And, I, you know, it was a really good stick. And I didn't think anything of it. And when I scored that goal, they were like, hey, stick check. I think they had a last-ditch effort. Like, hey, we're, we're pretty much out of the game. Might as well just give it a give it a shot. And they did a stick check on me. And I was like, yeah, sure, here, here's my stick. And and when they turned it over and the ball came out, I was just like, you, are you kidding me? That's, uh, yeah, so it, it wasn't, wasn't the best time of my life. I'll tell you. I'll <laughs> hey, end, end, result, end result was good. So, yeah. so here you guys are down 11-3, ride the ball back. Was this a, had you been inverting or did, they, did you call for an invert? What, what happened here? Walk us through this play. Yeah, so I was coming on the field and um, I knew they had a shorty on me. So I went to go get the ball. Um, so the getting, ball was behind. You were, you were getting pulled most of the game. I, oh, yeah, I got pulled uh, the whole game. And 
most teams I played against, I was, I was drawing the pole. And as soon as I saw that I had a shorty on me, I just went sprinted um, directly to the ball just to get it. And then I was going to invert, but I, I just let my momentum carry me. And that's why I drove up that right-hand side. And I just did a quick little inside roll and, um, and then finished. Um, there wasn't anything that we were, like, setting up or anything. I was just, you know, like I said, I had the shorty. I was going to get the ball. And then I just ran with it. You almost had like a double double pick there, like the old picket fence as you as you came around. It wasn't even like real picks, but you kind of had like two that slowed him down, right? And then he tried to catch up, and you got that inside step on him. Yeah, Max, obviously being a freshman, he knew like if I got a shorty, I was going, I was taking it. So once he passed it to me, he kind of cleared out, and that kind of like set that pick. And um, I just drove up that side, and, you know, he kind of overplayed it. I did a quick little inside roll, and then – gave it a pump or two and, and finished. Yeah, this is, this is a couple good fakes. I mean, he just keeps running, no one slides. You see, you had some time. Well, what's this little behind the back switch? Was that like, is that how you punch <laughs> your pocket to get that thing wider? Make sure. That's just natural instinct. I, I, there was no, no thought behind that. It was just, I think the guy was in front of me. So I just flipped it behind my back to, to keep the, the stick moving. Were you, were you using Monster Mesh? Yeah, yeah. Did you, how long did you use Monster Mesh for? I hate to admit this, but I've never been a big stick guy. Um, I was always a believer that it's the uh, it's the magician, not the wand. Uh, and uh, I flirted with, I played with soft mesh, hard mesh, monster mesh, you know, traditional. Even my sophomore year, I played with it a little bit. Um, and uh, I didn't really put too much, oh, uh, too much thought or emphasis in, in, in the sticks. And, uh, yeah, that monster mesh is actually something I played with for for quite some time. I think I had that my junior year, and then it broke. You know, the week of the quarterfinal, and instead of just doing a transplant, Joey gave me that that other stick, and um, who was that? Lomity? Yeah, I think that was Lomity. Oh. They just their defense was just so big and athletic, and it has been for what fifteen years. <laughs> Looking yeah, back, yeah, yeah, they they were some big boys and athletic and aggressive, which is like fine. We we I mean we had some aggressive guys too, but we were just inexperienced. Um, is that Lamedy? No, that's not Lamedy. I think that's Brett Thompson, who was actually a D midi. Yeah, I was gonna say twenty four. He's clearing the bat there. Yeah, that was Brett Thompson. So you guys, I mean, you guys brought it back a little bit, but never really, never really were able to close the gap, huh? No, anytime we even, like, put a goal or two, strung a goal or two together, they kind of answered, which was uh, really frustrating. Yeah, so, so freshman year, Final Four, lose somewhat big, right? Yeah. Sophomore year, don't make the Final Four for the first time in a while. Junior year, get to the – the final four and then have, have this showing versus Duke. And then, so, so then senior year, what's, what's that season like? Walk us through senior year at Maryland. Yeah. Senior year, we were, uh, we had a really good year, obviously a really good team returning most of our defense because they were really young from the year prior. Um, yeah. They just had guns. That's Kyle Dow. They just had guys who could just shoot the lights out, um, you know, from 10 and out, um, which was really tough to defend. Um, but yeah, senior year, Obviously, really good team. We had a lot of returning players. You know, our junior, my junior class at the time, we had a lot of guys that were um, impactful. Actually, I think my junior year, we only had two seniors that were getting, like, real good time, uh, uh, maybe three or four seniors that actually got on the field. Um, so we had a lot of promise returning to 2006. And, uh, you know, we had a really good year. I think we were ranked number one um, for a period of time. I think we went into the tournament ranked uh, number two two or three I think we might have been number one um going into the tournament and uh yeah and then we uh we got into the final four and we had UMass UMass went on this crazy run against Hofstra Hofstra had had them beat and uh they UMass came like I think they had like a five or six goal run on them towards the end of the game yeah yeah it was was one of the most wide I think they were down I think it was 12 eight with like three minutes left or four minutes left and yeah. they came back and won. That was Donowski. I think that was Donowski's final year at Hofstra, I want to say, or like, if not final, then he'd moved over to pretty years. soon after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember watching that game on the bus and 
it was it was crazy the way that game ended and um so they had they had worked us in the first round that was UMass uh, did yeah so UMass came to Cornell I think we must have it was like I think we were like eight and they were nine it was something like where we just barely had a home game and and we uh because we had won the Ivy League but we had had a decent not great season and um it was good I mean I think we won the Ivy League outright at that point or maybe split it but but yeah, they came in and just we did not play great, and they waxed us. And then and that was a home game for you guys. It was a home game at Cholkov, yeah. And then so we we lost there, and that was it for us. And then uh, and then they went and, and like you said, had that crazy game against Hofstra, and then went beat you guys, and then went to the national championship. Yeah, yeah, they went on a run that year. I don't, I won't say we looked past them, but I think we were a little overconfident going into that game because we on paper we're like we we got these guys. You know, this is a uh, a game that we should win. And, yeah. uh, and that, that game, so we had four of us on, you know, four of us in the senior class. It was me, Walters, Brendan Healy, Xander Ritz. And between the four of us, I think we had a total of one assist between the four of us who were, like, averaging. If you averaged our four, four of us together as a point totals per game, it was maybe seven, eight points per game came from the, you know, from the four of us total. So we just yeah, they had Jack score. Reed, they had a lockdown D, they had Sean Morris on that team. They were they were a good squad. Yeah, they were good. So here's uh here's from that senior season. This is against UVA early season game. No, this is ACC. Oh yeah, because um, that's a big arena. Is that Navy? Where this is um, M and T Bank. This is Baltimore yeah, Stadium. Yeah, there's a Ravens logo right there. Yeah. Yeah. So this was the ACC final. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was the ACC final. My One, uh, my two, senior year. Three. Four, five guys. Five <laughs> guys. <laughs> goalie, who's the goalie in there? Is that Kip? Kip yeah, was not yeah. happy. Not happy with the defensive effort there. Yeah, I think the commentator says something about it. Like they just played bad defense. I mean, they were just. You know, that's why you tell kids don't go swinging for the sticks. You got to take the body. Yeah, that Virginia, that Virginia defense. I was like, was that Ken Clawson was still there? They would take some chances on D. Yeah, I think Ken was still there. He, yeah, he had to be because he was younger than me. So yeah, he was, uh, he was still there. And then he obviously he had some injuries that kind of, you know, stunted his career. But he was, he was a phenomenal defender too. This kid, this kid. There's one kid that like straight up misses the hit like NFL or Madden like hit truck stick and just whiffs. Yeah. Is it? Let's see if we can isolate it. This guy goes for the big hit, leaves yeah. one arm on his stick and just complete whiff central. And <laughs> I can't that's like it. something you see out of a movie about lacrosse where it's not like real, it's like choreographed. This yeah. Amazing. This one right here, just the big hit stick whiff. Absorb a nice little check there too. Um, yeah, at that point you're just avoiding hits and then you're, trying to get as close to the cage without getting hit as possible oh here you go here's this here's this uh okay so here we go we got it right here we can watch it we talked about it i mean this isn't this isn't about you but yeah we should still watch this Ten absolutely it was, it was an insane game 10-5 with eight minutes left down by five goals with eight minutes down by four goals with seven and a half for sean morris yeah morris just had a had a run and a half that that tournament as an outside bomb yeah i remember watching this on the bus and uh we were like this ain't happening like they they're not gonna win and then, like it just kept they kept scoring and, <laughs> and obviously <laughs> just hauling from the outside and then ot yeah at that point when the momentum's you know when you crawl back five goals in eight minutes like if you don't win the game that's there's something wrong. That's wild. So you have this this awesome career. You four three time three time All American, right? Three time All American, yeah. And then and obviously you know didn't didn't get the ultimate prize there, which you know for Maryland players was really no one did until recently. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people get surprised by that, but I think it was whew, 75 to 2017. So it was at 25, 35 like 42 years something like that yeah it's wild but yeah. was was the mll playing professionally something that was on your radar had you given thought to it is that something you wanted to do what was what was that um where did that live in your brain when you were coming out of school 
not until my senior year probably because um, the MLL was just starting up. Uh, I think their inaugural season was, what, 2002, 2001? Yeah, I think uh, I think 01 sounds right. 2000 or 2001. Yeah, I think it was 01. Um, So it wasn't as known. I mean, it was obviously known, but it wasn't as big as it is nowadays. And, um, you know, when you're in college, you know, that's the mecca of the sport. That's what you're laser focused on getting that trophy and and uh, and trying to win a national championship. And and you really don't think much beyond that. Obviously, senior year, um, you know, you're making plans for your future. Like, what am I going to do and this and that? And like, that was definitely on my radar and something that I aspired to do. Um, but again, laser focus, just staying, you know, keeping it one game at a time, trying to be the best I can be and, and try to get that national championship. And so what was the process like to, for the MLL? Because it was different back then where you would go right from pros, I mean, right from college, like right into the pro season, you've missed like half the season if you've made it to the final four. So how did that, how did that work? You got drafted? Yeah. So I think if I remember correctly, we had the final four on Saturday, national championship game was on Monday, that Tuesday we had the draft. Um, So it didn't really dip into the season like it did in later years. So we had a draft on that Tuesday. We had a combine, and we actually played a game. They did the combine and game thing for you guys, because we did that at Stony Brook in 2007. They did that in 06 as well. Yeah. Would yeah. you do that? Was it Stony Brook? No. Uh, I want to say, like, Rhode Island. It was somewhere up north, like north upstate New York. Okay. Um, I can't even remember exactly what, where it was. And then, and then, so then you had the draft, and uh, – that's on a Tuesday, or I'm sorry, Tuesday was like the combine and everything. Wednesday was the draft, and then that's that, that Friday you're flying to wherever you're – like I, my first game was in Denver. So I was on a plane on Friday, and then that Saturday I'm – you know, one Saturday I'm playing in the Final Four, the next Saturday I'm playing at Mile High Stadium. It's pretty cool. And who would you get drafted by? Were you, uh, were you by the Dragons, San Francisco? No, it was uh, the Bayhawks. Bayhawks, okay. Yeah. Your first game was Bayhawks versus Denver. What was that experience like? Because I talked about this – with everyone from our era, it's like, it was a different game. Like, yeah. horns, like now they play so fast, they have a shot clock, it's so similar. But back then it was like a full on, like I remember playing in that combine, like, man, this is way better. Yeah, it was like, oh man, I feel like, I feel so much looser and able to kind of do what I like, you know, I've always wanted to do, where the college game felt so controlled and, you know, very strategic. The outdoor MLL game was more like freelance, like, just go. And uh, I remember, luckily, I was uh, drafted to the Bayhawks, and Mike Mollett was on that team. And, you know, I played with him. He was a senior when I was a freshman at Maryland. Uh, and I remember just asking him, like, hey, what do I do here? Like, do I go? or not? He's like, dude, just go. Just keep going. Just keep going to the cage. Keep shooting. There's nobody – there's no coddle here to stop, tell you that you can't be doing certain things. He's like, you're, just go. And um, so the first game, I was a little hesitant because you're so trained and so entrenched in you. Um, to be controlled and not do certain things. But, you know, it only took about a game and a half and then, you know, off to the races, just playing. Yeah, before we get into the video, I got to ask you, because you brought something up that I was curious about. And we talked to Farrell and we've talked to a couple other doc and we've talked to some other men. Like, what was, what was your relationship with Cottle like? I had a good relationship with Cottle. Um, obviously, it helped that, you know, I, I was a uh, – a contributor on the team. I was, I was a two-year captain, you know, I became captain my junior year. So he put, you know, um, he gave me a lot of responsibility, which was, uh, it was good for my personal development. And, uh, you know, I had a good relationship with him. It was somebody that I would go into his lot, you know, into his office and, you know, have a conversations with him and, um, you know, be able to kind of talk to him man to man. It wasn't as much as a, a coach player relationship. So um, that my relationship with him was, was really, really good. Yeah. And talking to Kip Turner, Kip, you know, Kip cites him as one of the more influential people on his lacrosse career. And that's so, so smart X's and O's. Uh, I mean, he just knows, um, you know, strategically like what to do, you know, what people are, are uh, doing before you can even like see them about do, do whatever they're going to do. He can tell you what they're, what's going to happen. Um, he's just really, really s- smart in that way. Yeah, so you get to you get to the Bayhawks and, and then you go on and total career is it nine did you play nine seasons? Ten seasons? I think nine. 
nine seasons. Nine, yeah. Here's a little, here's a little best of. And so how many, let's walk through, walk through the, the career. You were, how many total teams you play on? Oh God. <laughs> I, I usually tell people name one. Count, <laughs> and, the, count the jerseys. And, and I'll, I'll <laughs> it's funny. I recently got married and, uh, and uh, all my groomsmen and, and the uh, bridesmaid, they, they came out in all my jerseys. So t- two per you know, group that were coming out were all in one of my jerseys because I had That's so awesome. many. Um, but, yeah, so I ended up playing Baltimore um, for two years and then San Fran, which was a great team, um, one of my better experiences. And, you know, you were out there in L.A., so you know what it was like to play out there on the West Coast. And uh, they folded. So then I got picked up by Chicago. Chicago uh this Chicago here here's a little Chicago baby blue uh Belial versus McClone matchup right here was that me very oh is that you with the short stick that's me with the short stick there's Jack Reed I think yeah. slide and then you roll back and take both of us for a nice feed to the backside to Chaz Woodson I had a really good rapport with Chaz um oh, Chaz is great I played only, with Chaz in LA yeah we only played one year together but um me and him had a lot of good connections and then we had obviously the Lavelles there Kevin and Mike uh, which was, you know, awesome to have those two guys in the team. Um, so after Chicago, after Chicago, was it Denver? After Chicago, went Denver. Um, Denver, and then from Denver, I went to Boston. And that was the final stop, and we got to play together for a few years. What was what year were you? What year was Boston? Two thousand eleven. Eleven. Okay. Yes, or was that the championship year? No. What? Um, yeah, 2011 is when we won the championship. So was it was it the year after or the year before? It must have been the year after, because I'm going to say, yeah, it must have been the year after, 2012. Got it. What was your favorite spot to play? Uh, <laughs> probably, to be honest with you, probably Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, uh, if, I mean, the, the crowds out there, you're playing at Mile High Stadium. It's just uh, – just seemed more professional. Um, it, it was a lot of fun to play out there. And, um, you know, the organization treated you really good. They treated you, you know, with class. And um, I really – I just really enjoyed the locker room and everything. Uh, and obviously – and now we had a good team. You know, we lost in the – not the finals, the, the playoff game before the finals. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, we had a really good team. So also known as the semifinals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, awesome. And, and then, and then the NLL. So you like, it's so funny. I kind of almost think of you as a Chicago guy based on the Chicago machines, Chicago shamrocks. Yeah. Did you ever live, did you live in Chicago? What were you doing professionally at the beginning of, at the beginning of your career? I, I actually, I don't know if I knew like right out of school, did you, were you working a corporate job? Uh, no, I, uh, I started, uh, doing my own camps. Um, we hit me, uh, more, more, right? yeah, more, we, uh, we started our own relentless camps business, um, that right. we started. And then, um, obviously I, I was playing for Baltimore and when I got picked up by Chicago in the, in the indoor league, um, I didn't live out there the first year, but the second year I moved out there. Um, one, because my experiences out there, just playing out there were, were amazing. It's like, you're young why this is the time to do it. So um, I ended up moving out there with one of my best friends from, from high school who played at Notre Dame, uh, Matt Ryan, who's actually still out, out there um, now. And uh, yeah, we, we lived at Lincoln Park, which was right there and, you know, <laughs> kind of major, main part of the city. I lived uh, in West Montana next to the gin mill. Do you remember that? West Montana and I think diversity. Diversity, I know. Yeah, it was West Montana. West Montana was like a little side street, but God, okay. Lincoln Park was awesome. Yeah, you're up there uh, right next to uh, – we were up, like, right down the street from DePaul. Yeah, yeah, we were right there. We were probably yeah. a street or two away. That's funny. Um, and, so, and so, yeah, so, so how did you even get into NLL? What was the process like? Was some, did you guys do a, a, the combine and draft as well? Because we did that the following year in Denver. Yeah, so I had a little bit of experience playing in the Bill, um, the Baltimore Indoor Lacrosse League, uh, right at that guy. I'm forgetting the name of that arena, but um, you know it, it's well known. A lot of people play in it, and uh, that was my kind of my first taste of, of indoor. And and it's basically, Burns, Burns Arena, Burns Arena. Yes, there you go. Um, so that was my first taste of indoor, and um, I know 
they started having uh, these combines, and I went to the combine and played in that. And, you know, I really liked the game. I, I thought I was uh, tougher than I really was. Uh, I remember going to training camp for Chicago, and, and everybody's getting suited up. They're putting these arm guards on. They're putting these rivers on. And this. I'm like, these guys are weak. You know, I was like, I don't need all that stuff. So I go out there literally with my outdoor equipment on, these little elbows about this big, no shoulders, no nothing. And they looked at me like, dude, what are you doing? Like, are you serious? And I'm like, dude, I'm fine. You know, I, I'm okay. Uh, within the first five minutes, I was like peeing blood. <laughs> you know, it, I was, you know, a few shots to the kidneys. And I was like, hey, I'll take those pads. You know, I spoke <laughs> to GM, our GM, Phil Ryan. I was like, yeah, I'll take those pads. You can give them to me. Um, it, it, they pretty much knocked me out in the first five minutes. But you made the roster. So, so without ever really having – I mean, you played in the Baltimore League, but you made the roster in your first try with the Chicago team. Yeah, so I didn't, you know, I went in there completely blind and I didn't know what to expect. And basically, I was just going to do, you know, play the game as best to the best of my ability and wherever, you know, wherever the chips fall, they fall. And, um, you know, so each training camp, I was trying to, you know, gauge where I was on the depth chart. And it's really hard to, to tell. And um, at that point, I... I made the team. So that was my first thing. And then I, once you make the team, it's like, am I going to make the, you know, the active roster, you know, am I going to dress? So then I was, I dressed and then this is my first game. I was the last, those first two shots were, were my first game. And I ended up having three goals. And I think I was named player of the game. Was that um, the Jamrock's first game ever? Cause the crowd is packed. It's packed in there. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Jamrock's first game ever. And, a lot of tickets were handed out. <laughs> and this was this was the game that I think you had RB talking about, or maybe Casey. It was either Casey or RB you guys were talking about, it, and it kind of sparked me to kind of go back and do some research. We we uh, we beat them, I think, fifteen to eleven or something that game, and and the the crowd was going nuts. They loved it. It was our home opener, season opener, home opener. Quick feet and agility, mate. Who made this video, by the way? Because it's like looks straight out of 1972. Oh my god, late, late 90s looking, even though it's it's mid 2000s. Yeah, it was our video guy, uh, The Rock was his name, and uh, and he made this. Uh, god, I guess it was my my second year. He made this of my rookie year, and uh, and he put it on YouTube, and he let me know, and you know, obviously it's. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of goofy with some of the sayings on it, but, you know, I, and, and I, I will just say, you know, God rest his soul. He ended up passing away like a few years later due to um, some health complications, but um, yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome. Everybody loved him. Um, by the way, this goal should not have counted. I, I've, I've watched it several times. Not that one. That's beautiful. With this, the diving one? This one behind the net, you definitely touch in the crease and then you can't be the first one to touch the ball. Right here, like foot in the crease, and then you touch the ball. Can't do that. I think I think uh, whoever was playing against me might have touched it, and then I just cried, <laughs> I scooped it up. Okay, all right, fine. Well, well I'll, I'll take that because y'all, I can't tell you how many goals we got called off that were illegal, and they called illegal, and they didn't have the challenge flag back then. That's right. That's right. They didn't have the instant replay. Yeah, and I've had I, – I remember I scored the first goal in Madison Square Garden. They called it off, and they showed the replay, and it was obviously legit. So, so dunks like this, right, you, you've had you have a couple of really sweet dunks. There's one from the Boston – against the Boston Blazers. I don't know if it's on here, but um, I think it was when you're on the wings where you switch hands. Yeah. How do you practice that dunk? Like, did you practice that? Because obviously you didn't grow up playing box. So, like, did you practice this in practice, or how do you do a dunk like that? Yeah, so I, to be honest with you, I didn't really physically practice it much, but mentally I did. So that's why I'm always big when I tell players about visualization. Like, I never really did a lot of the goal, a lot of these type of goals, I never really did in practice or just like messing around on the goal as much as I just replayed them in my head or played them out in my head. And, um, you know, when they happen in game situations, that's usually the first time it's manifested itself in the reality. Um, but yeah, I just, I just kind of run through it in my head over and over again. And, uh, and then when those opportunities arise, I just kind of act naturally. And it's really acting off an of instinct because I've done it so much, you know, mentally. That's awesome. This, by the way, this couple things here of note, 
like here, when you score, after you score, I think it's Troy Bonterre comes up and gives you a shot. I love how you're just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay. Troy yeah. Bonterre is like one of the scariest human beings on the face of the earth. Do you, and I don't know if you ever did this, but do you know how much crap I got for wearing a four-pointer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what happened here? Who is that? Is that Eric Martin? I think it is he. <laughs> he goes down. Something happened here where he, like, he just – he fell kind of awkwardly on his arm. But Yeah, like, I, I, I don't claim that I, like, <laughs> manhandled him or anything. I just – I think I just, you know, was playing the ball and, and I knocked him out of the way and whatever – I don't know what happened to him exactly. I think he he eventually got up. It wasn't like something where yeah, look at his arm or shoulder out. maybe popped out. I know he had yeah. some shoulder problems. But the uh, and then the last part of this is last part of this is these uniforms coming up. The, the Minnesota, the old school Minnesota Swarm unis were so awesome with this like silver and the light blue or the uh, the like royal blue. I love yeah. Them. Yeah, they were nice. So it's hard to see them. But, oh, they're, yeah, like they're Shamrock jerseys? Shamrock jerseys were cool too, but those were the, that was Minnesota Swarm that you were playing against, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah, and playing in that arena was really cool too. I yeah, think it was the Excel nice. Center. Excel, yeah, they did a yeah. really nice job. Quick feet. cold out there, but it was really nice. It was really cool to play in that arena. This is against The Rock. Yeah. Again, another ACC. That's another great arena to play in. And uh, obviously, I ended up playing there for a year. I was the second American to ever play for Toronto. It was Kevin Finneran and then me. Wow. And then now, now, obviously, you have Shribes. Yeah, and McCardle was there for a while before. Yeah. yeah. Riptide. That goal, I have no idea where that guy was going. <laughs> he disappeared. We always tell kids, like, when you run past a guy, he doesn't disappear. When you ran past that guy, he literally disappeared off the screen. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I just, like, turned around, and he – and he. I don't know where he went. <laughs> <laughs> He's no – is that Paul Rabel, actually? It might have been. Yeah, it was, I, he only played a year or two in the league. I think it might have been Rabel looking at long hair. That's the old stealth. So funny story about this goal. <laughs> Literally, probably five minutes before that, you know, you know how backhanders are very common in, in box across. Well, we were not playing well, and guys were throwing backhanders and just not connecting on any of them. Well, our coach Jamie Batley called us in on, after like a timeout, and he he just starts ripping into us, and he says, you know, very aggressively. If the, if the next person that throws a backhander, I'm pulling you off, I'm embarrassing you in front of the whole stands, and then you're going to have to walk to the locker room. You're going to take your equipment off on the bench, and then you're going to have to walk to the locker room. The next guy who throws a backhander. Five minutes later, I, I catch this on a breakout, and I don't, I'm not thinking that way. I'm not like, trying to be rebellious against what his wishes were. I just act instinctually, and, <laughs> and when I – when I shot that and scored, like everybody on the bench, everybody was looking at me like, "Are you freaking kidding me, dude? Do you really have the balls to do that?" And and even Jamie Batley looked at me like, "You're freaking lucky that went in. Like you're really lucky that went in, or I would have totally embarrassed you." Well, that's one of those things where you like you catch it and you think in your head, like in the back of your head, you like think it, but obviously not because you still threw it. Yeah, right? I just yeah, uh, that, it it was just a natural reaction instinct. Oh man, well that's awesome. Well, uh, favorite favorite part of the NLL, if you had to boil it down into like one uh, best thing, uh, I'd probably say this about any team. So I don't want to say the locker rooms are always a favorite. Um, but if you're gonna, you know, like I said, I would say that for any you know level of play that I've participated in. Um, so to kind of make it specific to the NLL would definitely be the crowds, the arena, you know, playing in front of in, in, in an arena, all that energy and noise gets trapped by the dome, you know, where you play in, you know, you played in, you know, national championship games. That's unbelievable visually, like seeing all those people there and like, but when you're in the arena playing box across, you feel that energy, um, you know, playing in front of 10,000, at little inky dink Sears center is more energy. You feel more energy from that than you would in front of like 45,000 playing in a, in a stadium. So that's something that's definitely unique to it. Yeah. We have the music going for yeah, sure. Crank it up. 
Um, awesome. Well, let's uh, let's get in the speed round here and, and talk about some of the best ofs. So, best best teammate you've ever had. Uh, best teammate. Um, that's a good question. Kevin Lavelle. Kevin Lavelle is a very good teammate. I'll, I'll well, he, he's that. a magician. He's a magician with his hands. He's an awesome dude. Um, I would have to say him or Jesse Schwartzman. Jesse Schwartzman. Yeah. You play with him just, just on the Never. Never. Yeah. So yeah. I played with Kevin for three years, I believe. Um, I played with Jesse for only a year. But, you know, like I said, that Denver locker room was amazing. I, I really enjoyed all the whole uh, – all the people there. And another one that now I think about is Brian Langtree. Langtree is, is an absolute nut, but he's a great guy. Yeah, one of those guys you hate playing against, love playing with, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Who, uh, who would you count as the most influential person on your lacrosse career? Uh – Coddle. I mean, just, it's funny. You, you get coached by this guy for four years and, you know, you have, you make your jokes, you know, what he says and, and, you know, amongst your teammates and then you go out and you start coaching and then you're like, Oh my God, I am a carbon copy of Coddle. <laughs> I am exactly like him. I'm saying the same damn things, dodge opposite this. And, you know, um, you know, don't throw it into the middle. And you're like, God, and this is the things I used to hate to hear as a player. And now I am screaming at my players to do the same thing. So he's definitely had a huge influence on me. All right. You're, you're a Ridley guy. What is the best thing about Philadelphia? Ridley. <laughs> um, best thing about Philly. I think it's just being blue collar. Um, I think it's just the mentality um, of, uh, you know, not being better than, but nobody being better than you, um, if that makes sense. So you, you don't have a, a cocky arrogance, but you have a confidence um, behind you. And I think uh, just that mentality and that attitude can, you know, take you to high levels. All right. Everyone knows about the cheesesteak. What's a hidden gem, either food or location in Philadelphia? I mean, I could say the Knicks in uh, Running Street Market. Uh, that is the roast pork there with broccoli rob is is something that many people rave about and I can hop on that bandwagon it's one of the best um, and Herschel's uh, brisket the Herschel's brisket um, which is, again is in that Reading Street terminal market is uh, is pretty darn good all right so downtown is where you got oh wait, wait, wait I got I got one um, uh, Pisano's Pisano's on second and Gerard that's always my go-to Philly hidden gem Okay. And get the Pisano sandwich. It's like beef brisket. It's a it's a fried egg. It's got this like horseradish sauce on it. It's amazing. It's they've won like you know who knows what if it, what this actually means, but like best in Philly sandwich like five years in a row. And this is back in 2011 when I was living there. So that's definitely a hidden gem that I would encourage people to check out. This trilogy of the Cross Theater brought to you by Pisano. <laughs> <laughs> um, most embarrassing lacrosse story. I mean, the stick gate is obviously something that's pretty well known. Um, so, yeah, that's probably the most embarrassing. Yeah, something else? <laughs> I, wouldn't say it would, I won't say it would be embarrassing, but when we were playing for our state championship game in high school, it got called off due to a thunderstorm that never came. So something I did to kind of lighten the mood, I, uh, I practice in just my um, jock strap. Out on the field? Yeah, for practice. Nice. Just to kind of lighten the mood. Did you guys win that state championship? We did. There you go. Worth it. <laughs> um, number one be best place to play lacrosse? Philly. <laughs> Have a specific location? Wells Fargo. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So Philly, NLL, Wings. Got it. Yeah. Um, least favorite opponent? To play against uh reggie thorpe i think he broke my arm mike evans broke literally broke my arm once but reggie thorpe was um <laughs> he's a guy out there that i would actually look around look for and try to avoid i wouldn't do that against really many other people but definitely i kept an eye out for him well now i'm riptide you know i, know. I remember he's gonna be uh, he's gonna he's gonna definitely his teammates or his, his players are gonna be fired up to hear that they're Got a true killer leading the way. <laughs> a savage, a true savage. Yeah. Um, 
it, you know, always end it with, with this. Like if you had to pick one top memory from lacrosse, what, what's your A1 best memory of lacrosse? Uh, probably winning a state championship in high school. Um, that or winning gold for the U19 team um, for USA. Uh, you know, obviously representing Team USA on, on the front of the jersey. I played, you know, I played with you on USA for the indoor game. Uh, 2010 uh, World Games Frog. indoor, but you know, obviously we walked away with the with the bronze, and not that we were really expected to win gold, but you know, in field lacrosse, playing, you know, for the U19s and representing the country on the front of the jersey, and you know, taking care of business, and and really um, being able to play with so many guys that you knew you were going to be competing against for the next three four years, um, and just kind of be, being able to build that camaraderie and that friendship. Um, w was pretty awesome and, and something that I would definitely um, never, n never exchange anything for. Who else was on that U19 team with you? Uh, you had Dino, uh, you had Dixon, uh, obviously Moyer, who was a, a high school teammate of mine, um, Zash, uh, Joe Belucas, Cornell boy. It's Joey B, yeah. Yeah, he ended up getting a concussion. So he didn't, I, I don't know if he played at all because I think he got a concussion before the games even started. Uh, but he, he was still out there with us. Um, he, he's the man. Um, That's a Long Island heavy uh, roster that you just listed off right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dixon's Spalding, but majority of those other guys were all Long Island guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a great team. Great team. And um, trying to think who else was on there. I mean, there was tons of guys on there. And you guys won the gold, right? Yeah. Peter Lamont, uh, Lamity, he wow. was on there. He, he was amazing. He, I mean, he was one of the best high school players I think I've ever seen. He was amazing. Yeah, he was, he was great for Duke. I remember playing against him in 205, and I was like, who is this guy? He's amazing. Yeah, yeah just had do it all. That was back two-way, do it all midfielder. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a stud. Well, Bill, I, uh, you know, appreciate you, you hopping on here. It's always fun keeping it within the trilogy family and looking back on something. It's, it's about time. Eight <laughs> 18 episodes it took you know i was trying to get you all the way to episode 33 but you yeah. did not the door, so i, I had I, i've tried to every time i do it i'm like man this is like too off from this guy's number but you were we had to get you in before 33 so. yeah that, that would i that would have you know i've been okay with that if okay. that was <laughs> so 18 is just the worst spot ever yeah no, nah, it's fine. I'm kidding. Uh, well, it's not it's not it's actually alphabetical order so mcglone you know like it's kind of <laughs> middle, middle of back um, man, well, I can't uh, can't say how much I've enjoyed getting to coach with you and and play with you, and now get to uh, to work with you. So we're we're looking forward to getting back on the field whenever we're safely able to do so. Hope to get an opportunity to work with a lot of kids with you this summer, and uh, appreciate you you doing this because it's a lot of fun. All right, back at you, man. I appreciate everything, and obviously, got a rep trilogy. It's one of the it is the best company um, in the lacrosse industry, in my opinion. So. It's an honor to be a part of it, and I appreciate everything. Awesome. Well, thanks, Bill, and have a great night. All right. Thanks, Mitch. Later.